0: No more fooling around. All right, all right. Let's see here. I got bracket S and washer T. Uh, Hey, Dan, hand me screw you. What? I said screw you. Well, that's yours, you. Oh, yeah? Hey, hey, focus, gentlemen. Focus, focus. Let's rock. I get a woman. No man presents live from the Nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Married with Children podcast down here in sunny Australia. Where we, today, the Married to Children podcast is reviewing Season 10, Episode 15, The Hood, The Bud and The Kelly, Part 2. And, and our conclusion of um, last week's episode, yes, um, you want to make sure you hear, the, hear this week's, if you heard last week's, that's for sure. Anyway, my name is Matt, and I, I was dropped 70 feet by a B-52 with a beak.
2: Oh no. Well, you know what? My name is Annabelle, a.k.a. Maridaniac. And you know, Captain Kirk was wrong. The final frontier isn't space, it's the roof.
3: And I'm Steve, and I think it's going to take just five more minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: but
1: yes, we're doing Season 10, Episode 15 of The Hood, The Bud The Kelly Part 2, originally aired the 14th of January 1996, Written by Daniel O'Keefe, directed by Jerry Cohen, and the guest cast, in case you missed it last time, we got Richard Mole as Gino, Perry Anzilotti as Vita Capone, John Carlos Frey as R- Raphael, JJ Johnson as Bebe, Lisa Arturo Atut- as Farah, Veronica de La Cruz as Kate, Melissa Souza as J- Jacqueline, and Kim Whiteley as Danielle. The title of the episode is a reference to, of course, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the 66 West, Spaghetti Western, Clarissa, which we talked about in last week's episode. Synopsis. Bud tries his best to shoot the video, but keeps failing due to the immaturity of the um, quarrels between Raphael and Kelly, as Gino awaits to deal with Bud at five. He plays both of the music they want to pick together and ma- actually make a video. Meanwhile... Peg and Marcy are making bets over which husband will fall off the roof, and on, on what. And they realize they can just hire their wives on the roof or watching the TV. Bud directs his first workout video. <laughs> you guys stick around, and we'll make us a real movie. Yeah, and Al goes to new heights to get away from
0: Peg. Now we've all hit the ground at least twice. I haven't. Forget it.
1: <laughs> Married with Children. I see hooters. A brand new episode Sunday at nine eight Central on Fox. So, we start our episode with a, with a little recap from Who else but Lucky? Previously on Married with Children The only time I got petted was when we were out of towels in the bathroom <laughs> Also, Al got a satellite dish and tried to install it
3: himself
0: What's a <laughs> nut?
3: And proving once again that the nut doesn't fall far from his father Bud decided to make an exercise video starring Kelly. <laughs> Raphael is the
1: only star.
0: <laughs> well, if I am not the star, then I am walking. <laughs> <laughs> However, Bud's biggest problem is he borrowed money from a little man named Capone who left a big man named Gino to see that the video is done
3: by five.
0: Yo, Gino! <laughs>
3: And now, back to the adventures of Lucky, the hungriest dog in the world. <laughs> or as you humans call it, married with children. The hungriest dog in the world.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, known to humans as married to children. Just a standard sitcom recap. Not too short, not too long. A nice married to children style, often with the dog reading it. Yes, uh, so our, our episode begins where the, where the worker video is being filmed... And Gino is giving Bud the cold shoulder and covering Bud's face. We're reminded of 5pm, and I believe he is called Spielbug. Let's just say, what happens
3: if I don't finish the video on time? I mean, uh, Vito said there was some kind of easy payment plan?
1: It is easy. You don't pay us, we kill you.
3: <laughs> it
1: don't get no easier than that. What do you got in there? If you don't sit ahead hand until five, it's not five o'clock yet. No,
0: Money! Take it easy, Spielberg.
1: I'm just checking my email. <laughs> Steven Spielberg, born December 18, 1946, is an American filmmaker. He is considered one of the founding pioneers of the New Hollywood era, and one of the most popular directors and producers in film history. Spielberg started in Hollywood directing television in several minor theatrical releases. He became a household name as the director of Jaws, 1975, which was critically and commercially successful and is considered the first time a blockbuster and also got a lot of people scared to swim in the seaside. His subsequent releases focus typically on science fiction adventure films such as Close Encounters of the Third Kind in 1977, 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first Indiana Jones film, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, 1982, and 1993's Jurassic Park, which became archetypes of modern Hollywood escapist filmmaking. Skulberg transitioned into addressing serious issues in later, his later work with The Color Purple in 1985, Empire of the Sun in 1987, 1993's Schindler's List, 1997's Amistad, 1998's Saving Private Ryan. In the 21st century, he's continued to this practice with Munich in 2005, Lincoln, which I loved, in 2012, British Spies in 2015, and The Post in 2017.
3: He was, he was the hot item in that period, wasn't he? Mm. Spielberg, I mean Spielberg. Spielberg.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: He was. He was pretty much in demand for a lot of films back then, especially when he went serious.
2: Yeah, I think he wasn't going to beat Schindler's List around that time, but he was so in demand, especially with Jurassic Park.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so if Bud can't finish the tape, uh there is a payment plan, I believe, his life. <laughs> Sorry, Bud. And uh Bud gets really freaked out when uh it's G- I think it's Gino. G- Gino opens up yeah, Gino opens up a uh a violin case, uh thinking there's going to be a gun inside. But it's only a power book.
3: Because Gina just, just want to check his emails. Bud does his usual run to mummy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Coward.
3: He just eyes you on the cameras if that's going to help.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: gee, a power book? I never thought
1: computers were for. No. Big dumb thugs.
0: <laughs> See, uh,
1: we use computers now because the family is very much into recycling. Oh. Oh, you mean like
2: gla- glass, papers, cans? No, body parts. <laughs> <laughs> so, a PowerBook, that's a Macintosh, isn't it? Yes, mm. yes, yes. As our married to
1: Chil- well, one of married to Children's resident computer guys, um, one of them, merely. The PowerBook, known as the Macintosh PowerBook at this time, and until 1997, is a family of Macintosh laptop computers designed, manufactured, and sold by Apple Computer Inc. from 1991 to 2006. During its lifetime, the PowerBook went through several major revisions and redesigns, often being the first to re-incorporate features that would later become standard in competing lap- laptops. Uh, I remember using laptops at this time in 1995, and I remember they were pretty primitive compared to today. Uh, I, I noticed, um, as a Windows user primarily, that Apple would, would sometimes use features that Windows would later incorporate, for example, a graphical user interface um, op- in their operating system. Yes, uh, I actually grew up with an apple in the house until I was oh, uh, how old was I? We got a PC, uh, around eleven or twelve. Mm. Only I didn't use a PC until I got to school, um, and I started using those when I was seven.
3: <laughs> well, I'll make you feel young and make me sound old. For my twenty-first birthday, I got a tw- I got a Commodore sixty-four.
1: Oh, nice! Uh, so uh, got good memories of that, Steve. You can <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah, I still I still have it. Whoa! Nice.
3: Uh, no, mm, I don't know if it fully functions, but I've still got try it. Try it, try it. You to try it. I should. Yeah, just, yeah, I think
2: that's the first computer I ever used, and that was at school.
3: Hmm. I've got a uh, Commodore 64. I've got an Amiga sitting somewhere as well, old ones. But um, yeah, and I remember starting work, and this was when you're using the old Wang computers before Windows came in. So uh, yeah, and well, then Windows came in. Yeah, about '95, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, well, Windows 95 was 95, but there was Windows before that, like 3.1. Mm. Oh, 3.1, that was yeah. That was 1992. <laughs> yep. I mean, I've used Windows 3.1. Uh, I mean, it's all right. It's, it's basic. I mean, you can obviously set it to um, boot when DOS boots, but um, it's basically an, an application for DOS. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you used it too, Annabelle, right?
2: I can't remember. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not com- that computer savvy. But uh, despite the fact that my father is, so uh, yeah, I just. I just had whatever was available. I didn't. I don't remember using a Macintosh that much at all. So it would have been.
1: What was at the school then? Because you would have used computers at school. Well,
2: we started. The, we had the uh, the Commodore 64, and then but there were Macintoshes at school. But I didn't do a lot of computing. And then uh, in about '96, around this time, actually. Um, I can't remember what the computers were. I just can't remember. I had one class that used them.
1: Windows 95?
2: Oh, yeah. It would have been 95, yeah.
1: Yeah, because... Um, I can't remember
2: the, the type of brand of computer, though. It would have been Oh It would have
1: Dell or Hewlett-Packard. Yeah, or probably whereas, HP. Whereas most of my electives in high school were were computer-based. Well, most of mine were c- computer, business, uh, music, or photography.
3: All right. yeah
1: yeah, so nice little um yeah, uh, and Bud mentions, oh gee, a power book, I never thought computers were for big, dumb thugs
2: but <laughs> well, the families, they're very much into recycling
1: yeah, oh not um paper or plastic, no, 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 uh body parts
2: so this is quite an early mention of email, um yeah, this is early ninety six so I remember email being mentioned in a in a Seinfeld episode, but actually, I think that might have been a flashback.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: um, you got be thinking now. I remember my, my first email it would have sent it. It would have been about nine ninety four ninety five.
1: That's about right. Yeah,
3: I remember the computers being changed over from the Wang, like I mentioned earlier, the Wang computers over to Windows three point one. And we used to use Lotus Suite, and that had email, so that was the first time we sent it. We, I thought we thought it was great game sending sending an email to you. Guy sitting next to you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> say, meet you for lunch at one o'clock. Yeah, great fun.
1: And isn't it funny how, like, back in the day, you, you think you thought um snail mail was no big deal, but email is like, mm. oh, I got an email, I got an email. Whereas now mm. it's like, oh, these emails. And then we get something in the post that's not a bill or junk mail. You're like, oh.
2: Mm. Yeah, me- I don't look forward to checking my inbox tomorrow morning.
1: Oh, boy. I bet it's flooded. Yeah, I mean, uh, so speaking of mail and whatnot, uh, I always check my letterbox eagerly every day in December to see how many Christmas cards I get back. Because <laughs> <laughs> i got quite a few people sending them back to me these days now. Oh, they're obliged, Matt. They don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, nice. yes. <laughs> Big boorish slugs. Uh, yeah, yeah, recycling body parts. Like... I think someone in New Haven needs a brain. (laughs) Oh, that's a long way to go for a brain, all the way from Illinois to Connecticut.
2: From Chicago. Yes. The state of Chicago. That's right.
1: Yes, out of Chicago to, um, yes, the uh, suburb suburb of New York. (laughs) So after we, uh, well, after a little opening sequence with the email, we go back to the Bundy house where we find... The wives of no man as I like to refer to them have been a little sweepstakes.
2: Auntie <laughs> Peggy, thank you so much for having us over to watch our husbands fall off the roof. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my dad does so little work around the house. I never get to see him step on a nail or accidentally shoot himself cleaning his gun
0: or <laughs> anything. <laughs>
2: well, at least you get to see your husband's gun. <laughs>
0: It's time to play Who's Next to Fall. <laughs> where we will bet on which husband will fall next
2: and where they'll land. I'll take Al on the patio. Mm-hmm. Bring a book.
0: <laughs> oh, oh,
2: I'll take Bob Rooney on
0: the birdbath. <laughs> Give me Ike on the garden rake. <laughs> okay, I'll take Officer Dan on Ike <laughs> Ike on the garden rake we have a winner <laughs> officer Dan on Ike we have two winners
2: that means officer Dan has a wife Yes, or at
1: least a girlfriend or, or uh, girlfriend or fiance. Yeah,
2: uh, well, yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> she hasn't existed until this is point. First, so. is it? Uh, yeah,
3: One, oh, this is her, fir- her first appearance. Is it?
2: I don't think she appears again. I, I have to check that actually. But huh. she she is played by someone very familiar looking though. Um, Kim Whiteley is her name, and she was on a show in the '90s, I think. What was she on? But I, I saw her on TV just recently because she was on, she's on E on the e-network sometimes oh yeah my wife and kids maybe that's what i'm thinking of oh uh, yeah some wife and kids i remember that show
1: i never really thought, watched much of it i do remember it
2: yeah but I, i've seen her in quite a few things i feel like she was in to children again but i think this is her only episode so nice that we get a little bit of um development on officer dan yep. but <laughs> i feel like she's a one episode wonder and just for the joke but you know doesn't matter.
1: Yes, um well that's see she was in it uh, and uh yes, I like do like little sweepstakes they've got here in uh Which Man Will Fall When and uh Well on what?
2: <laughs> sounds fun.
1: I know, uh can the Garden Rake, I can the garden rake <laughs> <laughs> Bob Rooney on um oh where was Bob Rooney fall? Uh oh. Sounds a bit like Clue though, doesn't it? Yeah, Cluedo, <laughs> Yeah, <Pluto>. yes <laughs> yeah, But Bob Broody was somewhere else Ike was on the garden rake Officer Dan on top of Ike <laughs> And of course Ike falls on the garden rake Ouch And then Officer Dan falls on Ike Ow
2: <laughs> I like Officer Dan on Ike <laughs> 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 And
1: then we go to Is this the only time we see the roof of the Bundy residence?
2: I think so I think so. I think
1: so. Yeah, the only time we see the roof, uh, where we get to see um, a rooftop of of, of a beloved Jeopardy Lane and uh, a bit of the street behind it, and uh, all the men are on the roof uh, working hard or hardly
2: working. Yeah, a new set.
3: (laughs) New set, yeah. Yes,
1: this late, this late in the show too,
2: Hmm.
1: which is nice to see. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) they're. they're talking about which part goes where and of course, one of the screws is called you. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, now. Now that
0: we've got that out of our systems, no more fooling around. All right, all right let's see here. I got bracket S and washer T. Uh, hey, Dan, hand me screw you. <laughs> What? I said screw you. Well, that's yours, you oh, yeah. Hey, focus! Oh, gentlemen, focus! Focus!
2: <laughs> now we've all got a job to do.
1: I said screw you. Officer, he gets really angry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, up <I'm> yours! <laughs>
3: but I'll, be- I'll gets the lads back into line very quickly. Oh, Griff goes first, doesn't he? Because he was the only one that hadn't fallen twice. So he <laughs> yes. a second time.
1: Uh-huh, yep. Ah! Oh. Ooh, so when, it, when the satellite dish is installed, you get rid of the aerial, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, hang on. What's on the aerial? Oh.
2: It's a nest. A baby bird egg. Oh,
1: Bruni, you don't make an omelette with that.
2: Touch an egg, that makes the mama bird really mad.
1: Uh oh, Bob Rooney's bird bait. But there's no bomb bird, but there's a B 52 with a beak. Ah!
0: This is the home of a future baby bird. <laughs> 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 the only future for this baby
3: is in an omelet for me. You're making a big mistake, Bob Rooney. You touch an egg. That makes the mama bird really mad.
0: <laughs> well, I don't see no mama bird around. Maybe not, but there's a B fifty two with a beak.
3: Wow! Who would have thought a bird could lift Bob Rooney seventy feet in the
0: air? Well, she won't make a hundred. Oh, it's Bob Rooney and Griff! Daily Double!
1: And then Bob Rooney falls at least 70 feet.
3: <laughs> He's not a small guy, so that bird must be pretty big. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, Bob, I mean, if this was South Park, Bob Rooney could be Cartman. <laughs> Purely on the size factor alone, not personality. So, the B-52. So, the B-52, or the Boeing B-52 Strata Fortress, is an American long-range, subsonic, jet-powered strategic bomber. The B-52 was designed and built by Boeing, which has continued to provide support and upgrades. It has been operated by the United States Air Force, the USAF, since the 1950s. The bomber is capable of carrying up to 70,000 pounds, or 32,000 kilograms, of weapons, and has a typical combat range of more than 8,800 miles, 14,080 kilometres, without aerial refuelling. The B-52 completed 60 years of continuous service with its original operator in 2015. After being upgraded between 2013 and 2015, the last airframes expected to save into the 2050s.
2: And you notice on the roof, Jefferson did a karate kid-like oh, pose? Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just look funny with the, the neck brace on and doing this.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um. Oh, good old Jefferson.
2: <laughs>
1: and uh, well, back to um. Oh, husband bingo. Uh, Marcy makes a uh Jeopardy reference uh, when she says daily double. Daily
2: yes. Double. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Bob Rooney lands on Griff. That's right. And you notice uh, when, after Bob Rooney landed, some feathers came floating down after him? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, but, yeah. Daily double. big double, woo!
1: Oh, the, the lads must be so, oh. I mean, because obviously it was real life, so one of them would be dead by now. Oh, yeah. Al would have died in part one. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I wouldn't, I've never fallen off the roof. And Al has done it a few times.
1: I've ever been on a roof. I mean, some of my friends have sat on roofs and they were teenagers, as it was, you know, being a rebellious teenager, sitting on the roof of your friend's house.
2: Mm. Yeah, oh. I did I did that too. I went through a phase of just wanting to sit on the roof when it was easy to get up there and you were able to get up there and it was handy for watching fireworks and things like that. But after a while, I stopped doing
3: it. I found, I've done it a fair bit. I do it once a year doing Christmas lights, but you go up there, do odd, odd jobs and stuff like that, and it is a very quiet, serene place when you sit on your roof. Mm. I'll keep that in mind. You're away from all the madness below, and it's quite nice. I've never been on a roof, but I'll keep that in mind if I ever do to start to climb on my roof. Don't do it on a sweltering hot 40 degree WA day, though, Matt. No.
1: I like our summers and our dry heat, but I'll make sure I avoid that. <laughs> yes. Might be nice in the evening, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when it's 40 degrees, I've got better plans, better things to do instead of my roof. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, back to the um, where the workout video is being filmed or not being filmed, we find that Gino um, is asked if he has Mortal Kombat on his laptop. Turns out he's got the highest score in the mob. Of course, trust Bud to ask about if he's got Mortal Kombat.
0: Do you have Mortal Kombat in there?
1: Are you kidding? I got the highest score in the mob.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Gino, good news. I could kill you now. <laughs>
0: No, I meant good news for me.
2: I <laughs> patched things up between Kelly and Raphael.
1: How? Well, I did what any respectable director would do. I lied to him and offered him points in the film. <laughs> <coughs>
3: of course. So how old was Mortal Kombat anyway I didn't know I was that old?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that, um, Steve, because Mortal Kombat is an American media franchise centred on the legendary series of video games First entry in the series came out by Midway Games' Chicago studio in 1992. Hmm. The development of the first game was originally based on an idea that Ed Boone and John Tobias had ended up making a video game starring Jean Claude Verdame, but as the IDFL flew, a fantasy themed fighting game titled Mortal Kombat was created instead. Mortal Kombat was the first ever fighting game to introduce a secret fighter, reached if the player fulfilled a set of requirements. The original game has spawned many sequels and spin-offs, consisting of several action-adventure games, as well as a comic book series and a card game. Film producer Lawrence K- Kasanoff licensed the rights to the game in the early 1990s and produced the first hit movie ever made from a video game. Lawrence also produced a second movie, animated TV series, live-action TV series films, the first one million platinum-selling video game album, and a live-action tour. Mortal Kombat has become the most successful fighting franchise. Emphasis on the fighting, because there's more successful um, video game franchises out there in the history of video games, and one of the highest-grossing media franchises of all time. In 2021, there was a movie out... um, that was filmed in um, South Australia, and Annabelle very nearly got a chance to be an extra in it. No.
2: Yes, I just want to say, uh, uh, yeah, in uh, late 2019, they were filming the new Mortal Kombat movie right here in South Australia. And not only was there a huge open casting call for extras and people who had weird looks, and like they just looked for any any kind of person basically if anyone who was available and they went to all the casting agencies and um, I am with a casting agent who technically registered as an extra with them and I did get an email to go and be an extra in it for some of the crowds in somewhere I don't know where or if it was just on the street I'm not sure but unfortunately on the first day that I was required to go there I was still battling the flu I was getting over the flu and I could not cannot go so I could have done two days of filming for that movie and I was so bummed and I couldn't be in it but if I do watch the film I will spot in the crowds I'm sure plenty of people that I will recognize
1: <laughs> yes I haven't seen it myself I want to if, if you were in it I probably would have seen it by now
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would have been did you, did you miss me or did, did you see me or did you blink
1: did you miss oh, oh I missed you every bullet so far <laughs> yeah, so uh, love the nice little sh- video game shout out there in uh, our married to children world. Uh, so we get to a little bit of a dis- dispute uh, over the filming because it's over whose music to use. Okay, let's keep the music. Who brought the music? I did. Raphael did.
0: This isn't a problem. I'm just gonna listen to them both and choose the best one. If you don't use my music, then I am walking. If you don't use Raphael's music, he is walking. And do not try to stop us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trashy versus hoochie coochie. Yeah.
1: So um, so tell me, Annabelle, Steve, uh, would you pick Kelly's rock music? <laughs> Um, Raphael's salsa music.
0: <laughs> All right, stop the music! Cut.
3: God, it's a uh, yeah, six or one half dozen of the other. I didn't think much of the rock <laughs> music. <laughs> it didn't really sound like Kelly's usual rock music.
2: No, I, I, I wasn't big on either track. They were right. They sounded better together. <laughs> but that being said, uh, yeah, they neither did, did it for me. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Which, which one you, would you have chosen? I'd,
1: I'd, have bit, I'd probably beat Kelly's music, to be honest, because um, it's more my sort of music, and uh, oh it's meant to be Kelly's video, so why not?
3: But I am much man.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, you are Raphael. Raphael is much man. He cannot work out to this noise.
3: He would much rather
1: give
2: CPR to Rosie O'Donnell. Would you rather give CPR to (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell?
1: No, 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 no. Well, if you need need a life saved, yes, but otherwise not particularly.
3: Just going on this, Raphael. I had had to look a couple of times and read it up because I was just trying to see if this guy was based on Ricky Martin at all because he did have a lot of the moves of Ricky Martin. He moves a lot like Ricky Martin, so I had a look to find out when he became famous. And at this stage, funnily enough, Ricky Martin was on General Hospital in 94, 95. Oh, okay. So he was acting there, and he did have CDs out. And he, this guy does... I don't think this guy is actually based on him, but just it just rang a bell, And because Ricky Martin, of course, wasn't really that famous until about 97, 98. so yeah. Um, so I just thought it might have been something based on him, but I just, just realised he was he was actually acting on American TV from 94 to 96. I thought it, thought it might have been based on him. So, yeah, but um, I don't think it is. It might just be a coincidence.
2: Probably a coincidence. It's probably based on somebody or a lot of guys and playing up to that stereotype um (laughs) that's not to say that ricky martin is a stereotype he's just more successful at it of course
3: the funny thing is i was just reading with ricky martin on general hospital as he left it left that because um it was it was rare for people to have strong hispanic accents on american sitcom wow Mm. back in the 90s yeah back in the 90s yeah it's different now of course yeah, It's different yeah. now, because this, this is before even Carlos
1: Mencia took off with his stand-up. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah um, we, we, were, we were talking before we were recording about Modern Family, and there's a little uh, retrospect they did right before the finale, and Sofia Figaro was saying that before her... You had to go back to I Love Lucy, to Ricky Ricardo, to oh, find Ricky someone Ricardo. with an Hispanic accent on TV in a sitcom, yeah. What about, hang on a second, what about Chico and the man from the 70s? Well, I thought that too, because, uh, yeah, he was Hispanic, and then maybe it's, you know, you can have one a decade or something.
1: <laughs> and there was also Julio, who was um, Fred Sanford's uh, Puerto Rican neighbour and Sanford's and son, who... Uh, Fred absolutely despised because he was obviously Hispanic and uh, told him to go away and go home.
0: Julio, Julio, this is my pop, Fred Sanford. Pop, this is Julio Fuentes. Ah, that's your
1: father, huh, Senor Mr. Sanford? Hey, I've been looking forward to this. It's a pleasure. I'll put right, my hand on bad hand and touch the gold. In <laughs> you right. I'm sorry about the gold, Mr. Sanford. Betta
2: a casa, chico. Bet, Sanford. You know, I always keep him tied up. You know, I'm sorry about that. He must have got
1: loose somehow and got away. What are you doing with a goat anyway? When they say you're a dog? Or is that just a Puerto Rican poodle? No, no, I use Chico to keep the place clean, man. He eats up all the garbage, you know? Oh, yeah? Well, I bet over your place, that's a full-time
0: job. Hey, he's only kidding Pudo. He's only kidding. I'm not kidding. Next thing you know, he'll have a yard full of chickens.
3: What's the matter, Mr. Stamper? You got something against chickens? Not really. Maybe you got something against goats, huh? No, no. Well, then maybe Mr. Sanford, you got something against Puerto Ricans, huh? Now
0: you
1: got it. (laughs)
3: And there was always Speedy Gonzales.
1: Underland. Oh, see, yes, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And the Pat Boone song of the same name, which I love. Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Speedy Gonzales.
1: Why don't you come home? Gonzales. Gonzales. How come
0: you leave me all alone? Hey Rosita, I have to go shopping downtown for my mother, she needs some tortillas and chili pep.
1: But yeah, so I mentioned Rosie O'Donnell, so Rosie O'Donnell, born 21st of March 1962, she's an American comedian, producer, actress, author, and TV personality. She began her comedy career as a teenager and received her breakthrough on the TV series Star Search in 1984. After a series of TV and film roles that introduced her to a larger national audience, uh, her series debut as Nell Carter's Neighbour on Gimme a Break uh, in 1986. And in 1988, she joined VH1, the music video stations, as line up the VJs, or vi- video DJs. She started sh- hosting a series for VH1, Stand Up Spotlight, a showcase for up-and-coming comedians. In 1992, she started in Stand By Your Man, a Fox Network sitcom co starring Melissa Gilbert. The show bombed just as O'Donnell's movie career took off. So that worked, that was a good timing for her. O'Donnell made a feature film debut in A League of Their Own 1992 alongside Tom Hanks, Gina Davis and Madonna. She was originally considered to be the role of Mary Sanderson in Disney's Hocus Pocus, but was ultimately given to Kathy Najimy, who I know as the voice of Peggy Hill on King of the Hill, my favourite animated show.
2: And Steve would recognise her from Sister Act.
1: That's right. (laughs) O'Donnell claimed in her blog that she turned down the offer to work with Bette Midler because she refused to portray a frightening evil witch. Throughout (laughs) her career, she's taken on an eclectic range of roles. She was in Sleepless in Seattle as Meg Ryan's character's best friend, Betty Rubble in the the live-action Flintstones of 1994 with John Goodman as Fred, Elizabeth Perkins as Wilma, and Rick Moranis as Barney, and as a baseball-loving nun in M. Night Shyamalan's Wide Awake. In 1996, she began hosting a um, talk, daytime talk show, The Rosie O'Donnell Show. Very successful, multiple Emmys, and gave her the Queen of Nice, th- that title, for a style of light-hearted banter with her guests and interactions with the audience. So basically the anti-Jerry Springer. As part of a playful banter, she often launched coosh balls into the crowd and the camera and also professed an in infatuation with Tom Cruise. And that's Rosie O'Donnell in a nutshell.
2: Good night, everybody. Good night. Yeah, Uh, I have no thoughts or feelings one way or the other with Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, A League of Their Own is one of my favourite films. Yeah. And in the Rosie O'Donnell show, her talk show, I I used to watch it when it was, well, the little dribs and drabs I could get here, but um, Christina Applegate was interviewed on her show in 1998, and they sang a song about breast cancer awareness to the tune of Love and Marriage.
3: Oh! Nice. Nice cool. That's wicked. Is there a recording?
2: Yes. I, uh, actually, it might be on my Facebook page, uh, on the Married with Children Unofficial page. You ready to go? I think so. All right. Just remember, it's for a good cause. Okay.
0: Ready? Here we go.
2: Check your
0: boobies, check your boobies, so they are more precious than a million rubies. The idea's a bright one, so check the left and then the right one. Test your memories. Test your memories. Do it for your friends and your family. Look down there so perky. To not protect them would be jerky. Squish, squish and then you're finished. It's just an x-ray. Hurry, Squish, squish, squish. It can be more fun than a little for Scream your tatas, scream your tatas. If you're 40, then you've just got top. It is not the bother. Just check yourself for breast health. Then your sister and your mother.
1: Yeah, so uh, after give, after the whole CPR threat, uh, yes, <laughs> Dear me. Uh, so, so Raphael would rather do that than dance to Kelly's rock music, and Kelly would rather illegally enter Canada than dance to Raphael's salsa music. <laughs> so naturally, both of them go off in the half and refuse to film, and filming stops and looks pretty grim for Bud. We are walking
0: now. What? <sighs> Is it just me, or does anybody else here feel like sneaking into Canada under the cover of darkness? That is it. We are walking. So are Kelly.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, dearie me, yes. (laughs) Oh, but hang on. Bud left the tape rolling, didn't he?
0: Ah, uh, he's not that talented, BB, but he's got a lot of heart. That's good, because I got a guy in Chattanooga that needs one.
1: <laughs> Gino, you never guess what me and Vito did. <laughs> You're going to love this. How convenient. Well, just when Gino and Vito are having a nice little conversation. Oh, Typical mafia staff, you know. <laughs> oh, They're, they're, they're going to get it. They are going to be in hot water. Yeah, so thankfully Budl's a tape rolling, but Bud also hates both Raphael and Kelly. He hates both of them now. But hang on. So in a bit of a fit of rage, he decides to put both sets of music on.
3: Raphael would rather have you die a thousand deaths
0: before he dances to her trashy music.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I would rather have him die a
0: million deaths before I dance to your coochie hoochie music. <laughs> then Raphael would rather beat him to death with his very own oh, for my internal organs absolutely, positively have to be
1: there overnight. <laughs> I just wanna say, I hate you both. Okay? Kelly, you wanna dance to your music? Fine. Dance to
0: your music. Here. And Raphael, you can dance to your music. Here. Okay. Okay guys, you can kill me now. But just just do me one favor, okay? When you shoot me, please tell me where to stand so the bullet goes through them too.
2: Not a problem. It'll be a pleasure. Yeah, Bud's giving in. He's like, okay, you can kill me now.
1: Oh, he's ready. He's ready to go. Um, sorry, Bud. It was nice knowing you, but hang on. The music works. I mean, personally, I think both of those music at the time just sounds bad. <laughs> it's a
2: bit of a cacophony.
3: First mashup. Mm. Yeah,
1: I'm sure it would match us before this with, with tape-spicing, but uh, yeah, so I will say, I studied music in year 9 and year 10 in high school and year 8 too, and the beats are off, there's no rhythm. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, we had better rhythm when we had to cut out um, oh w- w- words from magazines and make our own songs of them. <laughs> <laughs> One of my classmates did a very um, Bud bundy s song. He, he started with Australians are doing it for the first time on DVD and video. <laughs> you can figure out what the song's about, right? Oh, dear. Good times, good times. Uh, but yeah, so Raphael and Kelly agree and... Oh. no killing? Oh, the mob are really disappointed. <laughs> Poor mob. But then the mob really started to get in the groove. Hold it. Hold the killing. They're dancing. <laughs> They're like really into it. They're like, yeah, yeah. Woo. It's like, are you here to kill? Are you here to dance? That could be extras. <laughs> well, the men got the, back to the Bundy house. The men got the dish hooked up to the roof.
2: Amazing. You've got to love how they're all in their pyjamas.
1: Yes. And Captain Kirk was wrong. The final frontier is in space. It's the roof. The wives don't even realize we've got the dish hooked up.
0: <laughs> what a bunch of fools living down there inside the house. <laughs>
2: hey, you know, Captain Kirk was wrong. The final frontier is in space. It's the roof. Yeah, that's, that's become slightly topical again now with Captain Kirk going up into space for real at the age of 90.
1: <laughs> yes, that's, a, that's amazing to it, itself, yes. Uh... Yes, yeah, so the to go where no man has gone before and 25 years after this was um, aired, uh, yes.
2: Did you say no man or no ma'am?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said no man. I did not make an intentional reference to no ma'am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, they actually, I suppose, give, give the guys enough time they will actually achieve something. Because they've got the satellite dish up and they've moved the television up to the roof as well. Without Peg noticing. They're all watching all sorts of wrestling. Oh yes! yes. Uh, Look at all the channels. Wrestling,
1: oil wrestling. Uh, I missed the third one, but there was another wrestling, wasn't it? Mud wrestling. There was, yeah,
2: wrestling. Oil wrestling.
1: Oil wrestling, oil wrestling
2: mud mud wrestling.
1: wrestling. And then it is a violence channel. And then yes, and there's no wife
2: channel. Look <laughs> at uh. all these different channels. There's wrestling channel. There's oil wrestling channel. <laughs>
0: The mud wrestling channel.
1: The violence channel.
0: <laughs> and best of all,
2: no wife channel.
1: And notice how Ike is wearing a kiss to cook um apron while he's grilling with no kill the wife on it.
2: Yes, um, I think it's the same apron from uh, Hot Off The Grill. And they've just covered off, the, they left the kiss the cook part and they covered up the kill the wife part.
1: Actually, not quite, because the writing in this one is black, whereas the Kiss the Cook one from Season 4, Episode 1 is red.
2: <gasps> okay, it's different. Yes. Why well, didn't check the episode? You see <laughs> <laughs> some
1: Well, different. it does help that one of my friends, my friend Petey, the this, thank you, for Christmas of 2019, he got me a- an apron as a Christmas gift, which has um, a picture of Al Bundy with his Kiss the Cook apron. I see it every day because it's hanging in, in my kitchen just before you go into the living bit of the house, just before you go into, like, the bedroom, bathroom. Uh.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now.
1: Yes, uh, when you visit my house, Anna, Anna you, you'll see it. Can't wait. So, uh, well, Peggy wants, Peggy wants to know how much longer she, until she can actually watch Oprah in, on Mountain, Western, Alaska, Hawaii, or Eastern Time. And Al says, in a blatant lie, five more minutes!
0: How's it coming, Al? Oh, about five minutes, Pat.
1: No, no, no. They're going to stay up there all, as long as they can and watch TV. Uh, all the channels. And uh, yeah, <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> yes. So when we come back to the um, where the, uh, the dance video is being filmed, the tape is done. And then Bud obviously wants to go straight for the backup birds.
3: When the uh, the dim blonde and El Boyo
1: Loco leave, <laughs> <laughs> you guys stick around and we'll make us a
3: real movie
2: movie. <laughs> It's a wrap!
3: Except for you chicks, who will soon be unwrapped.
2: Yes, he wants to make a real movie.
1: It, it refers to the, Kelly as the dim blonde, and uh, Rafael as El Boyo Loco.
2: Yes, instead of El Polo Loco, the chicken restaurant. Ah, see, si, si senora.
1: So, El Polo Loco Incorporated for those who are not American, it's a restaurant chain based in the United States specializing in Mexican-style grilled chicken. So it sounds a bit like Nando's, but Mexican. Restaurant service consists of dine in, take out, with some locations offering drive through options. It's headquartered in Costa Mesa, California, and operates 500, as of January 2019, company owned and franchised restaurants in the southwestern United States. It seems to be a very regional thing. So, from what I've read, it sounds like a Mexican version of Nando's.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that, or Porto, or something like that. I think um, Al called Marcy. Uh, oh no, he said. In, back, in season 8, in luck of the Bundys, I think, you know, when he says "Sir Jefferson, don't watch out, I think something followed you home from Apollo Loco, referring to Marcy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's still, it's still around. Uh, we just got Taco Bell here in Perth after they opened in the US 59 years ago. Wow. So we might get Apollo Loco maybe in another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Well, there's so many American chains we don't have We don't have Popeyes, we don't have, uh, gosh, Boston Market. We, there's so many American chains that you don't have in Australia.
2: Yeah, especially this, the Hispa- more Hispanic ones, um, like Apollo Loca and, and the one that's in Breaking Bad, um, Huevos Rancheros. Yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Because obviously, Mexican and uh, um, Central American, Southern American food isn't as popular here. Mm. Which makes sense. Well, but not so fast, because I think Raphael wants to verify the tape. to check his, um...
2: What, his beautiful buttocks or something? That's beautiful buttocks, yes.
0: Yes,
1: his beautiful buttocks, his beautiful bunghole, as uh, Beavis would say, (laughs) from Beavis and Butthead.
0: I am the great Cornholio,
2: teepee, for
0: my bunghole, teepee for my bunghole, I need teepee for my bunghole, I
1: need teepee for my bunghole,
2: teepee for my bunghole. So... The tape's monochrome? How cheap? I like Kelly calling Bud Hitchcock. (laughs) Uh,
0: Hitchcock. (laughs) If you have a free hand, would you mind rewinding the tape so that we could see me dancing? Or Raphael dancing. (laughs) Gino, you never guessed what me and Vito did. You're going to love
3: this. I will tell you though, Matt, on those old-fashioned video cameras, the uh, the monitor was always black and white, even though the, the video tape was color.
1: That makes sense. Uh, that does. I figured the video would be color, but um, yeah, I forgot those. Those were always in monochrome. Those uh, um, video monitors back then.
2: Matt, if you ever watch the Goldbergs, because um, yes. Adam Goldberg filmed so much of his life, hence they made a TV show out of it. He's always holding a camera, an 80s camera, and it's quite impressive the way it looks and everything. So you get a kick out of that when you see him with the camera and also the real footage, when they sometimes show real footage at the end.
1: Oh Yeah. Nice. Sounds good. Sounds good. Oh, well, yeah. So there's a bit of... So what I wanted about the tape, they watched a bit about uh, where there's jolly good fellows, Vito and Gina, talking about all their evil plans. Hmm. Uh-oh. This is going to be awkward.
2: He who stiffs us becomes one.
1: Yes, and, well, it's getting time, close to the time, so naturally, uh, Vito and Gino they want to watch the tape, don't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, even Kelly's starting to catch on that these guys might be, you know, jolly good fellas.
3: Yeah, jo- jolly good, jolly good indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Mobsters, wise guys, and jolly good fellas.
1: I know, hey. <laughs> Oh, hey, well, one of them's got Mortal Kombat, so it can't be all bad. Hmm. Bud obviously stalls, defers, defers to Raphael, and then defers to Kelly. He then, well, it looks like, is this the end for Bud? Is this the end? Please don't. Oh, no, no, no. He, 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 wants, he understands that they want, him, they, he wants, he, they want him de- them dead, but he begs to spare Kelly, as she's harmless.
2: <laughs> well, she can't even grasp the concept of up and down. Hey,
0: Bud!
2: Now there's a problem.
0: <laughs> I'm a little early, but I couldn't wait to see the tape. Here, give me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, but. Um, Raphael, tell them why we can't give him the tape. <laughs> oh, well, you see, because. Kelly, why don't you tell them why we can't give them the tape? Because we recorded all that stuff about you saying the guy's kidneys to Texas. <laughs>
2: Way to throw him off track, Kel <laughs> Do him
0: And when you're done, Bibi, do yourself Can't do, boss Wait,
2: wait, 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 look, look, Mr. Capone Please, look I can understand you wanting to kill us, but Please, spare my sister I mean, She's she's harmless I mean, she could never identify you She can't even grasp the concept of up and down Down yours, bud <laughs> but she proves it yeah exactly down yours bro <laughs>
3: there's a bit i'll add here now too as we come towards the end of this that i've probably seen this episode about half a dozen times and i could not remember how it actually finished right at the end <laughs> <laughs> i knew we got out of it but i could not remember it might, might might say something when we do our review but i just could not remember how it finished
2: so you watch you're surprised every time.
3: Yes, yeah, the memory, that's a good thing about getting dementia. You can watch another movie tomorrow and you watch it all over again if you haven't seen it before.
2: Or if you watch something that really sucks, you can forget the, how much it sucks and watch it again. And like, oh, right. Yeah, so for me,
1: uh, this is ending my fourth viewing, so I've got a long, still got a long way to go to get to you guys.
2: Yeah, this ending, I mean, what did you think of this ending when you saw it again for the first time, Steve? <laughs>
3: Well, I know I know now why I, I, I'd forgotten that. I think was a bit cheesy.
2: <laughs> oh, it's so silly.
1: I'll, I'll admit, um, it is very random, and it's like, well, especially when we get to the relevant bitch, so it doesn't make sense. Especially given what butter's like, uh, because the backup birds turn out to be Farah, Kate, and Jacqueline, or references to Charlie's Angels, of course.
2: Sorry, kid, but as they say in Hollywood, you'll never work in this town again. Or any town.
0: <gasps> oh. <Capone>. Police! <laughs> <laughs> Put your guns down and your hands against the wall. Frisk them, Farrah. You got it, Kate. Come on, Jacqueline. <laughs> 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 I thank you, but uh, it's not proper for stars
1: to associate with background dancers. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but why, why, why are they using the actresses' names instead of the characters' names? I suppose they are f- more famous as actresses, I don't. I suppose.
1: Especially Farrah Forster. Uh, if
3: I was Steve's age, I would have had a Farrah Force poster. Oh yeah, it was a popular poster. I never actually had one, but I know I had a lot of mates that did. Yeah, I know that poster. Did you go to the houses to, to admire her? Um, <laughs> um, oh, I can't remember. I don't know. Let's say you did. They used to have them in their own bedroom so they could admire off in their own bedroom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I would have got slapped for my worker mother um, just just the way she slapped me for admiring Taylor Swift too much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Charlie's Angels was an American crime Java TV series on the American broadcasting company ABC from the 22nd of September 1976 to the 24th of June... 1981, producing five seasons and 115 episodes. The series was created by Yvonne Goff and Ben Roberts and was produced by Aaron, Aaron Spelling. It follows the crime-fighting adventures of three women working in a private detective agency in LA, California, and originally starred Kate Jackson, Farrah Fawcett, or Farrah Fawcett Majors, and Jacqueline Smith in the leading roles, and John Forsyth, providing the voice of the unseen boss, Charlie Townsend. Who directed the crowdfunding operations of the angel over a speakerphone? People at my age, uh, who are around, around the age of thirty, would more likely be familiar with the um, early 2000s Charlie's Angels films, which starred Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, and who was the third one?
2: Drew Barrymore. Yes, I thought it was Drew Barrymore, but I couldn't remember if it was her or not. Yeah, it was. I do like that movie, those movies. Well, I like the first one. First one's good. Yeah. Yeah. First one was okay. I didn't bother watching
1: the second. It wasn't good enough to get into the war the second out.
2: Well, the second one's interesting because Lucy Liu's dad seems to be played by John Cleese, of all people. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? And, you know, I don't know. Maybe she's adopted. Who knows? Uh, But even... even, I think I listened to the commentary on that one. um, And he sort of left it as an open mystery himself, the director. (laughs) Why does this tiny Asian-American lady have a tall British guy (laughs) for a father?
1: Well, maybe she's a mixed ethnicity. It did. But yeah, so uh, that's Charlie's Angels for you all. Uh, Yeah, so the backup birds, who have the same first names as the uh, actress of Charlie's Angels, come to save the day with their guns. And I mean literal guns.
3: Yeah, and they did the the literal Charlie's Angels pose.
2: Yeah, that classic pose.
1: Yes, that classic pose. Uh, And they saved the day, The the mob are done, and so is Bud.
2: Where could you have possibly
0: concealed those weapons? I, mean, I touched you all over. We know. That's why you're going to jail. Soon, you too will be touched all over.
2: <laughs> I think in the Charlie's Angels movie, the 2001 movie, they didn't use guns at all. I think the whole thing was. They got by on not using guns, just their self-defence moves and their wits and their fighting skills.
1: Mm. That's right. I do remember it. Because I saw the film when I was 19. I was, I was too young for when it came out of cinema. I was only 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I wasn't always watching Charlie Daniels back then.
2: I, I watched it in the cinema. It was cool because when they showed the Universal logo, I think it was, they kept that going into, into the plane behind the logo. And that's where the movie starts.
3: Nice. It's always cool when they do that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Where were these girls hiding these weapons? (laughs) Yeah,
1: see, that's the thing with this ending. See, I personally think, look, I mean, the ending's a bit random, and especially with the way Butter's like with the ladies, how did he not find
3: the gun earlier? (laughs) I don't know. They they have a a sports bag nearby or something like that. I never noticed. No. Yeah.
1: I mean, it had to be out of of the Mafia's eye, or maybe it was in Raphael Kelly's dressing rooms. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, because, well, because they could have gone in there when they weren't having a huff.
2: Yeah, um, because they would have put their scented potpourri panties away somewhere and (laughs) stuffed them with their guns. I don't know. Anyway, they're busted.
1: (laughs) But yes, uh, yes, and Bud is busted too. Oh, no, 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 no. Yep, he got being for sexual assault. As he should, but... (laughs) The guys are still on the roof if you go back to the house. And uh, the mafia guys, they get a week in jail in community service, don't they? Ah, Lights out. (laughs) Watch the news. And in local news, three
0: organized crime figures, whose names have been withheld to protect their privacy, were convicted of murder and racketeering, fined $10 and given 50 hours of community service. In a related crime story, video director
1: Bud Franklin Bundy, whose home address is available upon request, (laughs) was the first man to be given a life sentence under the new
2: one-strike-and-you're-out sexual harassment law. Don't worry.
1: I have corrupt friends downtown.
2: Yeah, like like a $10 fine or something?
1: (laughs) They'll just bribe them. And hey, who's going to run Moneyland?
2: Well, we don't know because their names have been withheld to protect their privacy.
1: Of course, yes, but uh, I wouldn't run run Moneyland.
2: Unlike Budrick, Bud Franklin Bundy, whose
1: home address is
2: available upon
1: request, <laughs> 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 I'm amazed at it didn't flash on the screen. And what he got life, didn't he? First man to be given a life sentence under the new "one strike and you're out" sexual harassment law, which um. For the American listeners will know, or might know what I'm referring to here. In the United States, habitual offender laws, commonly referred to as three-strikes laws, were first implemented on the 7th of March 1994 as part of the United States Justice Department's anti-violence strategy. These laws require both a severe violent felony and two other previous convictions to serve a mandatory life sentence in prison. The purpose of the law is to drastically increase the punishment of those convicted of more than two serious crimes. 28 states have some punishment of those convicted of more than two serious crimes. Well, 28 states have some form of a three-strikes law. A person accused under such law is referred to in a few states, notably Connecticut and Kansas, as a persistent offender, whereas Missouri, Missouri, uses the unique term prior and persistent offender. In most jurisdictions, only crimes at a felony level qualify as serious offences. However, misdemeanor and or wobbler offences can qualify for application of the three strike law in California, whose harsh application has been a subject of controversy. The three strike law significantly increases the prison sentence of people convicted of a felony who have been previously convicted of two more violent crimes of serious felonies and limits the ability of these offenders to receive a punishment other than a life sentence. The expression Three strikes in your out is derived from baseball. We're a batter against whom three strikes are recorded strikes out. Uh, I find in life, often situations I'll give people three, three chances. Depends on the situation, but often give people three chances.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people these days who will agree with this one strike in your out sexual harassment law, but I think it depends on the severity of the crime. I'm um, not going to get into that now, of course, but yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, I A general rule in life, I believe, is second chances. I'm not sure about three chances in in this situation.
1: Yeah, as you said, Anna, it depends on the severity of the situation, because, I mean, if you go back to night court, which we talked about in part one, most of the crimes in night court were very minor offences. I mean, Judge Harry would typically do, say, $50 fine time served. Very minor crimes, so not even involving prison. Uh... All right, that's $50 fine and time served. Next case.
2: Yeah, it was a sitcom.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, but there's one episode of Night Court where uh, it's basically Dan Fielding is running the court and it's like a 1930s mafia parody. It's all in black and white and Bull is um tossed into uh, uh, he's running like a casino in the cafeteria and then Judge Dan, um the the dirty character, he's like 10 years hard labor. I remember that episode very well. It was, I think it's season
2: 8. I can't tell you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, season eight, I think. But it's been ten years since I've seen Night Court.
2: Yeah, I've only seen the odd episode here and there. Yeah, worth
1: checking out, i say. Worth checking out if it comes on TV or if you find it on streaming. I'll just say that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I will. All right, so Bud's given life, but (laughs) Al's like, I guess, you know, they say... That's right, Officer Dan has corrupt friends downtown, so let's go get him out. And Al's like, yeah, I suppose we should get him out, but... Wait, what do they see? I see Hooters.
1: Well, about to say, forget Bud, he can rot. Uh, let's just watch it, the TV. And as far as we know, they stay on the roof, and uh, presumably the wives never found out about the dish being incorrectly installed. <laughs> so we, well, let's assume that uh, they managed to somehow get it down uh, on the, um, before the wives found out where they were.
2: Yeah, I mean, how long would they have kept going up to the roof or staying on the roof? Because they were all looking very sweet in their pyjamas, especially Ike in his footy pyjamas. But uh, how long were they going to stay up there or keep up that charade? Or would they have kept going up, go down, go to work and then come back and then go up to the house? I think the wives would have cottoned on eventually. And they would have taken over that space.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that means the guys would have gone to the living back to the living room. But wait, there's no TV there.
2: It's probably Marcy's TV anyway.
1: <laughs> Could I just assume that we be the Bundy TV in the roof? But you're right, they probably did take Marcy's TV
2: out. <laughs> well, I don't think it'd be the Bundy's TV because the wives were there all watching it because they would have noticed if they'd taken that.
1: Yep, they would have taken Marcy's set.
2: But I just wish they said where they got that TV from.
1: Yeah, would be nice, but oh well. Such as sitcom, such as life okay so that's the end of uh, part two of the hood bud and kelly and it concludes this two parts of um married with children
0: i see hooters. Yeah, yeah. Hooters, 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 hooters no ma'am we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review be sure to join their facebook group page all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at MarriedWChildrenPodcast at gmail.com.
1: Thanks for checking out this review. All right, Steve, how many times are you falling off the roof uh, of, after fine-tuning and installing your crazy Archibald satellite dish for this week's episode?
3: <laughs> um, for this one, I'm going to give a, a straight three, Um Like I said last week, I found the first episode a little bit funnier than the second one Um, What I think might have happened here, and just looking at um, the notes There was two different writers, and what I think has probably happened here Is they've both come with two different stories that on their own probably wasn't quite strong enough And they've done the old trick of blending it together and trying to get one strong thing Which didn't think really quite worked with this one um again i think i said last time that the best parts i found were evolving the guys on the roof um the uh, workout video thing didn't really click for me It's uh, There's some good parts in it And all that sort of stuff But I, I just found it a bit annoying I found Raphael and Kelly going on With that, that stuff with Bud To be pretty annoying And I thought that the uh, the ending was a bit naff To be honest I thought it was a, just a quick way How do we get out of this oh, Let's get Charlie's Angels in And, and, and finish it all up So um, it, it's a good episode I've got a, good, a few good laughs out, out of it Overall I, I, I definitely don't mind watching But like I said earlier in this conversation i couldn't remember the end and that probably says a bit that it didn't really stick in my mind so but the guys on the roof i know everything there back to front for some reason so that that worked for me so i'll give it a three not one of the best ones i've seen but definitely not certainly not one of the worst ones um but uh yeah i'll just give it a, a straight three
1: well, thank you that, Steve. Thank you for your insight in this uh, week's episode. Now, Anna, how many times are you falling off the roof installing your crazy Ackman satellite dish, which I assume would be the deluxe model, considering how I know how much you love TV? Uh,
2: of course. Well, it was the deluxe model. And as a result, I'm afraid I can only fall off the roof no more than two times for this episode. And Steve, I think you've nailed it, really, with your... Um, analysis there, because there's different writers there's probably separate ideas that didn't quite gel together. and I think the satellite dish uh, storyline is stronger than the aerobics video. Storyline—it's not even much of an aerobics video. It's just some dancing, basically. And I would have liked to have seen more actual aerobics instead of you know Kelly dancing with a guy. And because there's a guy and a girl, they have to dance together—that kind of thing. I just did, and you know, I'm a I'm a former dancer, former dance teacher as well, and that didn't interest me, which might say a lot. I don't know. But um that being said, I mean, all the mob stuff as well is is I mean, it's a nice, always nice to sort of send up these kind of organisations, but I just found it a bit cringy some of it. And um, Bud conveniently knocking the camera to record them is... It was a bit clumsy, I think it's a bit lazily written, and I just found the whole thing a bit silly. That being said, I did laugh at a lot of things, and there's a couple of nice touches here and there, like when the Bob Rooney, Bob Rooney dummy falls on the ground, there's some feathers that fall on him afterwards, after he gets dropped by the B-52 with the beak. I like the idea that the Mafia are into recycling organs and organ donation, I thought the, the organ donors, that's a nice touch. <laughs> um, but yeah, very convenient, sort of lazily written. I like the wives making fun of the husbands, of course. But again, there's not enough of that. And the the ending's very silly as well. I mean, I like that the women have come in and, you know, I want to be all feminist and be like, yay, go girl power and all that. But it's just very silly. So I can't really give it much more than a two. I, w- I was almost going to go to two and a half. But I don't think I can, honestly. But that's... It's it's still I still watch it I still enjoy it but part one is much stronger than part two.
1: Well, thank you for that, Anna. And uh, as for myself, okay, so I was hovering between three and three and a half. But the the um ending to the aerobics video um was was really just weird and a bit well weak. Uh, as, as much as I love this, as much as I love the um. The Satellite Dish Antics, which are a five on their own. Um, the reason I love this episode so much, I can only give this one... i only falling off the roof three times this week. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean... Ha- have they made the Satellite Dish own so episode? That would probably be... Uh, probably four and a half or five for me. But the... um You see the aerobics video. It see, see, seems like it was... um Especially as it went on in this episode, it just seemed like, well, yeah, they're not really doing many aerobics. There's just uh, oh, do, do this, do that. Oh, the, the the mafia guys are good. Don't get me wrong, but the end, the end, the ending to the aerobics bit just, yeah. If it wasn't for that, if they had a better ending, I would probably give this this a bit, one a three, three and a half as well. So, but this this is still, even though they're lower rating, it's still one of my favourites from season ten. Um, I will say, objectively speaking, just for the um construction scenes and satellite just scenes alone. Uh, so that's just my two sets. Uh, yeah, three, I'll fall three times off the roof installing my satellite dish to all my friends. Uh, whether you like Married to Children or not, um, you're probably gonna you probably say what so you can watch Married to Children in another country.
2: Uh, I think I was going to say something like, you know, it's always the problem when you have one idea or maybe two weaker ideas. If you try to fit them into a two-part episode, it's going to suffer. A two-parter has to be a very strong idea to actually work, because otherwise it drags like hell.
1: Indeed, indeed, Anna, indeed. uh...
2: And it'll be interesting to see how the Spring Break episode two-parter gets um, reviewed there. But if it's all men reviewing that, they might be rate a bit higher. Indeed, yes.
1: Well, that's for another week. Uh, we've got a few, few new episodes to go before the Spring break episode. Uh, yeah, we'll say the children did seem to like their part, um, two and three partners in the later days of the show. Mm. Now, before we cut cut away for um um so before we wrap up this episode, uh, are you two um? Because well, he growing up, if uh, well even though I had a show on DVD, I would make myself wait the whole week before watching part two of a two parter. What about you two?
3: No, I would always watch it. If I had a DVD, I'd make sure I watch them both together straight away.
1: Even if they originally aired a week apart. Yep. Yes. See, I, I was going for an authentic TV
3: experience
1: where I thought they air the week apart, they're not meant to be watching one sitting, I'll wait a week like it originally aired, uh, that, which actually backfired on me when I was 14, watching. I was going for the fourth season of South Park, and there's a two-part in that season. So I watched the first part, I had to wait the whole week until I went to my dad's house to watch the second half, and I was like, oh, it's only Sunday, oh, it's only Monday. And then Wednesday came, I was like, oh, it's only English class, oh, come on, school, they end already. <laughs> just so I could, you know, go home, then dad to get home, then I could put South Park on.
3: <laughs> See, I don't, I don't do the binge-watching much. I might watch three or four episodes or something, but I, I wouldn't do an all-nighter or something like that. But um, whenever there's a 2 part of anything, or even a three-parter like the England show, for instance, I'll watch them all at once. It's, yeah. yeah I do the too. only problem with that, doing that, of course, is you've got to go through the, um, the overviews at the start and you've only just watched it. So, but, um, no, I prefer to do it that way. Yeah, it's
1: very well said, I think. But, yeah, I tend to watch two-part as um, not a week apart now. I mean, for starters, I've got a lot more of a life than when I was 14. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's it for our review of uh, season ten, episode fifteen. Um, please tune into the Married Children podcast next week for because we have season ten, episode sixteen for you, Calendar Girl, and you will be taken through the episode via Luigi and Chris. So. Don't, don't make sure you tune in for that, that one, and don't, don't forget it. Remember, same Bundy time, same Bundy channel. And in that episode, we have Al has arrived with Floyd B- Babcock, who works at the mall with him, has a more successful business. Al is determined to get Bud a higher grade than Floyd's son, naturally, because Floyd is a son who's Bud's age. So, Kelly inspires the two to go to the calendar of Jermaine Collins' women by showing them the men of USC calendar. And Bud's got an idea for the calendar. And there's a lot more here, so stay tuned for this huge next week only on the Married Children podcast.
2: Lucky, the hungriest dog in the world.
1: Yes, as our dogs would know it. <laughs>